Hello everybody, my name is Jen and I'm the host of this podcast, True Crime Weekly, where every week I will be researching and digging really deep into true crime cases to cover for this podcast. At the moment, I don't really have a schedule as to when I upload. I really wish I did, but due to the world and the shape it's in right now, I'm sure you all can most definitely understand why I haven't stuck to a schedule. So with that being said, I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into today's case. Today is Today's case is the disappearance of Brian Schaefer. And I'm native to Ohio. For those of you listeners who don't know, I am from Ohio. And this case actually happened at the Ohio State University, which is mind-blowing to me. And I have been fascinated with this case ever since I saw a documentary on it. I have been obsessed with it and wanting to know what happened. It is still to this day unsolved. So I'm going to go ahead and get started. Brian Schaefer was born on February 25th, 1979. His parents were Randy and Renee Schaefer. He grew up in the small town of Pickerington, Ohio, which I don't know where that is, but it's a town in Ohio. He graduated high school in 1997 and attended Ohio State University, graduating with trying to graduate with a degree in microbiology. In 2004, Brian began studying at Ohio State University for medicine. He was he was known to be there isn't much on him very deeply, but what was spoken of him was he was extremely smart and gifted but he was also a big dreamer his biggest dream was to be in a band and play music similar to jimmy buffett in 2006 during spring break brian and his girlfriend alexis wagoner planned a trip to florida many of the people close to him thought he might propose in march of that same year brian's mother renee schaefer passed away from a form of bone marrow cancer brian was very close to his mother and he took her passing really hard but people close to him say that he handled it surprisingly well for a grieving grieving college student he handled himself very well so friday march 31st um and this is of the year 2006 sorry i lost track i'm looking at my notes here Friday, March 31st of 2006, Brian had plans to celebrate with his brother, Derek, but they ended up canceling their plans. So instead, Brian made plans to go out with his friend, William Florence, who went by the name Clint. At 9 p.m. that night, Brian met Clint at the Ugly Tuna Saluna, which is a bar located on the second floor of South Campus Gateway Complex on High Street. At 10 p.m., he called Alexis and told her that he loved her. There was nothing really off about this phone call. It was just your usual boyfriend telling his girlfriend that he loved her and he missed her. Throughout the next couple hours, Brian and Clint spent time bar hopping in the area. Nothing out of the normal, just two friends hanging out and getting some drinks. Eventually, they ended up running into Clint's friend Meredith Reed, and they all three ended up going back to the Ugly Tuna together. At 1.15 a.m., they were all seen going up to the bar on security tapes. Brian, at some point, I don't know exactly when, I don't have much of a timestamp on time stamp on this. Sorry, guys, I'm stuttering so much today. I don't know what the deal is. Um, Brian eventually ended up separating from them at some point in time, so he was no longer with Clinton Meredith. I believe he wandered off on his own. At 1.55 a.m., security cameras caught Brian speaking to two young women, but that was the last time he was ever seen on the security tapes. At 2 a.m., the bar was closed and Brian's friends looked for him a little bit, but when they couldn't find him, they assumed that maybe he left without them, so they went home. 
Now, I want to stop here for a second and just talk about this because, I mean, really think about it. The tapes showed him going in, but they never showed him leaving. And that gives me chills. At this very moment in time, I have goosebumps. I have goosebumps because of how chilling that is, how absolutely scary that must be. Because he was seen going in, but he was never seen leaving. So that weekend, Randy and Alexis tried to contact him, but they didn't get anything. I don't think right away there was any kind of panic just because, I mean, he is a college student. I'm 19. I'm not the exact same age as he was, but I'm 19 years old. And sometimes I can go quite a few days without contacting anybody and it doesn't mean anything. Now, I'm not trying to compare situations by any means, but, you know, usually there's a rational explanation as to things. But eventually, his lack of contacting was concerning, so Alexis went to his apartment to check on him. Nothing looked out of place, but there was still no sign of Brian. The following Monday, Alexis showed up at the airport, hoping that Brian would show up there. But there was no such luck. Reminder, back in the beginning, you know, Brian and Alexis were planning this vacation, and a lot of people suspected that maybe Brian was going to propose to her. So the fact that he didn't show up to the airport to go on this vacation with her, that screams some foul play to me. The fact that he didn't show up for this girl that he loved and he wanted to marry. On Monday, finally, Brian Schaefer was reported as a missing person. And the investigation got started right away from where he was last seen. They used search dogs, search dumpsters, got into contact with everyone who had seen him that night. But sadly... Still, there were no answers. Everyone who saw Brian that night was given a lie detector test. Clint actually ended up denying the test and lawyering up. Now, this is where I think there is some conflicting information. Or not conflicting, but I can't think of the right word at the moment in time. But um, I, I do find it somewhat odd that his friend Clint refused to take a lie detector test. I mean, don't get me wrong, everybody grieves differently in different situations, and I would never pass judgment because I personally don't know what happened, given that I was only four at the time of the investigation, so I don't actually know what happened, but for me, that just screams just in my head, in the back of my mind, my intuition telling me there's something really, really off about that. And every night, for months on end, his girlfriend Alexis would call him, hoping that someday he would answer. Her calls always went straight to voicemail, but in September, his phone rang three times, which gave Alexis hope, but it still kept going to voicemail. His service provider said that this could have been a glitch. So now I'm going to kind of get more into theories about this case, because now that I've just thrown out most of the information and most of the details from my notes that I had taken and researched, I want to talk about something. The Ugly Tuna Saluna Bar, I've looked into it and I've done research on it. Well, I've never been there personally. I've done a lot of research on it. There's only two ways out of that bar. The security tapes caught Brian going in, but they didn't catch him leaving. There's the front entrance, the main entrance where everyone else goes in, but there's a door in the back. Mainly staff use that door. At the time of Brian's disappearance, there was some sort of construction being done. And, um... Because of that, I find it really hard to believe that Brian wandered out the back door. Because given that him and his friends were bar hopping all night, you would think at some point Brian would probably become very intoxicated and very drunk. And I don't know about anybody else, but 
I feel like if someone was drunk and they were walking around on a construction area, there would be some kind of injury, maybe a fall, maybe some sign of him, but there was no sign of Brian ever leaving. So, with that being said, here, there's some theories on this case. And I'm going to go over all the theories, and then I'm going to talk about the one I think I believe the most. Now, I'm going to start with the fact, I'm going to keep repeating this, but he never made it out of the bar. Security tape showed him going in, but not coming out, which to me is just so very odd. There is a theory going out that there was a, I guess there was a serial killer at the time called the Smiley Face Killer, and I don't know much about the serial killer, but I guess there is a big conspiracy about maybe the fact that Brian ran into the Smiley Face Killer and this killer took his body and hid it somewhere where it will never be found. But I really don't know. And there's also another theory that he accidentally fell in a river. I believe in I believe in the Ohio State area there's a river and it's believed that maybe he wandered off drunk somewhere. Maybe he went out the back door and he was wandering out drunk somewhere and he ended up falling in the river. But this investigation was deep. They really searched for him and they found nothing. Now there is a theory that I want to get into that I don't know how I feel about it. But one of the theories is that he ran away or committed suicide, which most people dismiss the theory. I guess the reason this theory came to be was that when his mother died, while he did handle it very well on the outside, on the inside I'm sure he was reeling. And I guess prior to the time of his disappearance, he made little comments about wishing he could run away. But I also have to put myself in his shoes. I myself have made comments about wanting to run away and be somewhere else and do something else. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I did anything to act on those thoughts or beliefs. I don't believe that Brian Schaefer ran away or killed himself. I don't believe that because he had a family that loved him. He was still incredibly, incredibly close to his father. So it's just so hard to really know what to think. But my personal belief is that foul play was somehow involved. And I think that has to do with his friends, Clint and Meredith. I don't know if I'm right or not. I believe there is more than one side to every story. And I believe that until proven guilty, people are innocent. But I feel like there just hasn't been much on Meredith at all whatsoever. And so, with that, it's just really hard to know what happened. But Brian Schaefer has never been found. His body's never been found. He's never been seen again. And Ugly Tuna, Ugly Tuna was the last place he was ever seen. Seen going in, never seen walking out. What if he met the wrong fate there? Maybe he got into a fight and he ended up dead? Who knows? These kind of cases just fascinate me because I always want to know what happened to them. Where did they go? What happened? Was there a fight? Was... Was there a planned disappearance? Did he kill himself? I want to know. And I want to hear your thoughts on this. So go ahead and check me out on Instagram and DM me your thoughts about this podcast episode. With that being said, I hope you enjoyed this case and I hope you have a wonderful night.